0: Welcome to the Neurology Nuts and Bolts podcast, all about constructing your career in neurology. I'm your host, Sarah Schaefer from the Yale School of Medicine. Today, as part of the Types of Career series, we will be speaking about taking a gap year between residency and fellowship, with Christian Omlong, Movement Disorders Fellow at Columbia, and Paul San Martin, ICU EEG Fellow at Yale. Thank you for joining us, Christian and Paul.
1: Well, hi. Thanks for, for having us.
0: All right. So let's start with you, Paul. When did you decide to take a gap year between residency and fellowship, and why did you make that decision?
2: Oh, well, you know, I was I was in a way, I was, I was forced to do it because I, I'm under a visa and uh, I, I need to work for X amount of years. And right after I finished neurology, I, I, uh, I needed to review, to renew my visa, but the only way I could do it is by working. So I took initially what I thought it was going to be a couple of years and then ended up being three years. And that's how it happened. So before joining neurology, I knew that such thing would happen.
0: And that's because you had done residency, a, a, a second residency in internal medicine previously, so you had reached the extent of your training that was allowed under your visa. Is that correct?
2: That's correct. I did a full medicine residency before neurology, so my normally a visa will allow you to, to study for six years, and that's the reason why I have two to switch to, to
0: work. And what about you, Christian? When did you decide to take a year off and, and why did you make that decision?
1: Yeah, so at some point during residency, I made the decision. I just felt like the residency was pretty hard and that I wanted to have some time in between training to get some more experience, have some more time for my family. And then I think during my third year of residency, I made the decision that I would like to, to spend a year as a new hospitalist um actually with with reduced time i i only had like 50% contract so uh, i worked part time uh, during that one year
0: all right, so you're going into my next question. So why don't you finish answering that one, which is, what did you end up doing during that year off?
1: During that year, I uh, worked as a new hospitalist at which was great, actually. It was I trained uh, at Yale, so it was uh, like a small community hospital. I was working for one week, then I was one week off. And then the second half of the year, I was actually completely off. I just moonlighted, worked in clinic with some of our movement disorders, attending so at it was like it was a very great time because I had, a lot of, I had a lot of opportunities to design my schedule the way I wanted it and to explore things, uh, specialties, also like non-medical stuff that uh, I didn't have time for during residency. And also it was, it was great to, um, to have that opportunity to work as a neurohospitalist. I felt like when I started my first week, I remember it was like I, I realized, oh, there's so much I don't know. And there's so much more that I have to learn, and and the great part about being doing it uh, at a hospital that was affiliated with uh, my residency or the, the 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 institution where I did residency was that I was very it was very easy for me to stay in touch with uh, my previous my old attendings and with you too like you know like whenever I had questions whenever I had concerns I was able to reach out to to get input so in a way i was paid as an attending but i was i was kind of a fellow uh <laughs> I, I would say like a near hospitalist fellow so i think there was a, there was something that i didn't actually anticipate but it was a it was a tremendous learning opportunity that uh, still helps me now when when doing movement disorders
0: well i have to say that that experience of relying on your old colleagues to help you as a new attending doesn't matter if you're right out of residency or, or if you've done a fellowship. I definitely had the same experience and was texting a lot of people and calling a lot of people my first few months as an attending. So, so yep, yeah, it sounds pretty, pretty familiar. What did you end up doing, Paul?
2: So I went for to work as a new hospital, same as Christian, I worked there for 3 years. I was in Hartford Hospital which was affiliated to Yukon. I was part of the residency program as well and uh, and you know I can I love the time time over there. I mean, and I had the same experience as Christian. I I remember the first couple of the weeks were tough and uh, I remember reaching to all my mentors and uh, and attendings at Yale because you know uh, you always have questions and uh, one of the great things about working is that sometimes you don't know what you Sometimes you don't know what you know, and also you don't know what you don't know sometimes. It's a very interesting experience. So um, I was lucky enough that I kept good relationships with who were my attendings at the at L, and I was calling them frequently, I would say, and learning not only for from them, but also from the new residents, from the new attendings that I met at the new institution. So that's what I did. And I had the same schedule as Christian, seven days on, seven days off. Uh, you never get tired with that schedule. I enjoyed it.
0: It sounds like you both just uh, wanted a little bit of time to be human as well, which is uh, something that <laughs> that uh, some um, people in medicine maybe need to learn that lesson. <laughs>
2: it doesn't hurt to, be, to be a normal person
1: sometimes. Absolutely. I mean, listen, the, the thing is, if you think about it, uh, in theory, you, you, you finish residency on June 30th, and then you start fellowship on July 1st. There's not a lot of space in between <laughs> to explore, enjoy life. And uh, and sure, like for some people, fellowship can be more relaxed um, or can be less stressful than residency, but it doesn't have to be. Like, uh, I think in, 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 in many ways, it's like a very decisive step in your medical career. So I think it's nice to have just a, a moment to breathe and really just like do things uh, that, that you hadn't been able to do before. I, for example, I I spend some, I love traveling. So I spend some, a lot of time traveling too. Whenever I could, I'm German. I was able to go back to Germany to spend a month with my family, which is, which you couldn't do if you have, if you do residency or fellowship.
0: And when you got back into the training circuit and when you were off interviewing for fellowships, you know, I think, I think some people might wonder if taking these gap years could be a black mark on their application, if that would raise some eyebrows from fellowship directors. What were both of your experiences with that?
1: I have to say it was not, so because I'm doing movement disorders, I, I interviewed right at the end of p 4 at the end because it's, it's very late in the, uh, for, for uh, neurology fellowships. And I didn't have actually any comments whatsoever. Whenever I said, you know, I would like to stay for a year uh, as a new hospitalist, no one had any concerns or was um, giving me any hard time asking critical questions. I Actually, like a lot of people encouraged me to do so. And honestly, at the end, I, I understood why. It's not, I wouldn't say it's, it's, a, it's a gap or like a loss. It's just, it's part of your training, I, again i can i can say that i really solidified my my general knowledge a lot uh it's just it's so much different when you see patients as an attending compared to as a trainee and i think that really forces you to to sharpen your knowledge to re, be really on top of what you do to double check to to double check every decision that you make and i think it just made me better neurologist and I suspect maybe that's why I didn't get any, any questions about it. To be honest with you,
0: and Paul, what was your experience?
2: Well, you know, when when I applied, I my experience was great. I mean, when I was applying for fellowship, I only applied to one place. To be honest, I went back to where I trained, and no, they were they were very very supportive. And then when I started the training, Sarah, so like Christian, I completely agree with, with what Christian said. It's, it's different to see a patient as a trainee than to see a patient as an attending. You're, as an attendant, you're able to see the whole picture. Whereas as a trainee, and we've we all went, went through this, you have to be focusing on things like the documentation, the teacher summary, the, you know, things that probably are not pure medicine. But what you're an you're able to do that. So um, coming back, I could see the difference. Even the people with whom I had worked a few years after uh, ago, they saw the difference. So on my applying process, I never, never thought that people were concerned about my training or were concerned about this gap that I agreeing with Christian is not even, it's not a gap. I mean, it's it's basically invaluable time of learning and teaching and neurology. So I don't consider it as, as a gap.
0: I imagine not just learning neurology, but becoming a more confident and more independently, naturally independent practitioner, which you know, as a fellow, I'm sure would be looked at as, as a benefit.
2: Indeed. Yes. Oh, definitely. Yes. You are, you're independent. You know, I mean, it's, it's it's something unique. It's something that you will experience only once you step out of either residency or fellowship. It. It's, it's
1: great. I think there are also two other aspects. Uh, one is that no matter what you do, even if you have if you're super subspecialized, uh, you only see movement disorders, Parkinson's. My case, uh, you, you know, the patient is, a, you know, as a human being, is complex, has like different uh, different conditions, and um, is going to have general logic questions too or problems. So it's or just like medical issues, and of course, uh, if it's more complex, you you have to it's an expert con- uh, consultation and to refer the patient. But if it's simple. Uh, I think it's also beneficial for the patient uh, in a way of powerful, powerful for you too to be able to to address like at least minor issues, um, so the patient doesn't have to see like ten different specialists. Uh, the other aspect is, it's I think it's hard to find after fellowship a position in academic. Let's say you do a certain fellowship. I think it's very hard to find a position where you only see patients of that uh, subspecialty. In many cases, I believe you see at least a portion um, of, of general of patients, or you spend some time in the inpatient service, regardless of your specialty. I honestly think that at that point, when, you, when you're finishing a fellowship and you're applying for a faculty position, that experience of having worked as a new hospitalist is actually advantageous. It, it might be beneficial for your uh, application because that's very valuable experience that comes in handy when you start working as an attending regardless of like your position.
0: I could absolutely see that. I've Dix Hall piked and Epleyed people in my Parkinson's uh, clinic and, you know, given triptans for headaches and uh, diagnosed neuromuscular conditions and all kinds of things. So I could absolutely see that. Now, one thing that I did want to ask you guys about is that obviously, you know, you go from a residency salary to a attending salary and often that's double or more of what you might be making in residency and then back to a fellowship trainee salary. How did you sort of approach that roller coaster financially? Paul?
2: Well, you know, uh, in my case, Sarah, I'm, I live my, uh, on my own, I'm single, I really didn't have any problems adapting to the new, to the new salary either to go uh, to, to have the salary attending or coming back to have the, the fellow attending. So I didn't have any, any issues, but I, but I know what I remember telling people that I was going to do this, that was the first question, how are you going to deal with this? But I really, I, I, I really have no issues
1: at all.
0: What about you, Christian?
1: So my case, it's, it's a little bit special because as I said, I worked part time. I technically only worked for half a year. Then the other half of the year did, you know, whatever I wanted to do. So, so the benefit of, of that was that I had half of the attending salary, which was exactly the salary that I had as an, as a resident and later as a fellow. So it was like, there's no difference whatsoever, which was, you know, which, which I liked. So I had the same salary. I worked much less. <laughs> and, uh, and we could just enjoy life and do, do a lot of interesting stuff in medicine too. Also like in preparation of my fellowship that I couldn't have done otherwise. Yeah, so in, in terms of, and then I was actually, the nice part was I was able to moonlight as an attending, which is much better than moonlighting as a, as a resident. But overall, my salary was like more or less the same, I would say.
0: And as you guys have gone out into the world, have you talked to other people who have done this? And did they have different reasons than you? I, I could imagine some people might have, family planning type reasons or reasons related to a spouse's job. And do you have, uh, do you have any other insights from other people you've spoken to?
1: You know, it's interesting that you say it. I think Hall is the only one that I know that I can think of right now that has done that. Otherwise most people just, most people I know, you know, finished residency and went, went straight to fellowship, which I, you know, which makes sense. So I don't, i don't i don't Paul, I, oh, do you know anyone else
2: i know so you know i did medicine first and neurology and uh, i know a lot of the med- specialty medicine people who for several reasons visa issues uh, research or family planning like you mentioned sarah they've been working for years i actually have a, one of my best one of my best friends is he's, he's the attending of somebody who was our co-resident in medicine so uh, she spent six years working and then she joined a pulmonary critical care program in New, in New Jersey. And actually, my friend, who is, who is actually, we were all co residents, is her attending. So uh, I know us a lot of, uh, well, at least five or six people. And their experience, interestingly, is always very good. And they all tell uh, say the same thing that after working for some time, we develop that experience. And sometimes after residency, you're not ready. You're not really ready on, on you're not sure what to do next. And actually those years of working and time off, like Christian said, really guides you in a way to, to, to a final specialty. So all of those people that I know, they, they're happy with their final decision.
0: Great. So what advice would you have for anybody who might be listening and, and considering this pathway for themselves? Paul, you want to start?
2: Sure. Good. I mean, um, <laughs> it's always good to have a break. Uh, have, uh, being an attending not, all, not, not only carries more responsibilities, but also you have more time for yourself, for your family. And uh, medicine is a tough world, and um, it takes years for training, and uh, don't be disencouraged by anything. I mean, during that time, you will learn a lot. You'll be able to practice independently, and uh, the first few weeks are going to be interesting, but you will always have your mentors, people who train you at your different institutions who will back you up. I think... If you do it, you will not regret it. And uh, as I always say, you know, this is not a gap. I mean, it's a time of knowledge. It's a time of, it's an invaluable time that you can actually use. A time of growth. Correct. In many, many, not only in neurology as a person, but I do, I do photography. And my time off, I travel the world taking pictures. And I have seven days that I have to come back, be a neurologist again, and then travel again. So it, it, it is a really, it, those three years were among the best three years of my life.
0: Christian?
1: Yeah, I just, I absolutely agree with Paul. I think I would encourage anyone or everyone to consider it as an option. I wouldn't see it as a gap year. I think it's an extension of your training in a way. It can help you make make it a better clinician and maybe like a more holistic human being because you're, you have some more time, maybe hopefully, uh, to focus on other aspects of life and of yourself that's giving you more you know just just a bit more of knowledge and, and wisdom in a way maybe for the for the next steps and and for the future yeah i would encourage anyone to or everyone to really think about it
0: well you guys have certainly made me want to go back in time and <laughs> do a gap year or two oh well it's too too late now <laughs> Well, thank you both for sharing your wisdom, your, your gained knowledge and wisdom with uh, uh, with me and our listeners. I appreciate your time.
1: Thank you so much for having us. Thanks for, so much for having us, Tara.
0: Neurology Nuts and Bolts podcast was created and produced by myself, Sarah Schaefer. This podcast is not recorded as an official podcast of any institution or organization. The podcast is unfunded. Opinions are those of the individual participants. Music by Audrey Nath. Artwork by Shivani Goshal. Want more content like this? Be sure to subscribe to the Neurology Nuts and Bolts podcast wherever you get your podcasts to hear more about constructing your career in neurology. Follow us on Twitter at NeuroBolts and on Facebook at Neurology Nuts and Bolts to stay up to date on new content and give us feedback on what you want to hear and tell your friends. Thanks for joining us.